Wow, what a session in his presence. Amen? How many guys are feeling full this morning? Are you feeling full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. He deserves the glory. Amen. We just got to do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Amen. That's what church is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be, we don't come here and we don't practice a Sunday uh, ritual. We're not religious people. If you're religious, goodbye. We're not interested in you and your stinky religion. Amen. We're interested in Jesus. Amen. We're interested in the finished work of Christ. So we don't come here just to do that ritual rite of being in church on a Sunday so that we can feel better about ourselves. We got to connect with life himself, amen? And the church has to be Holy Spirit led. If God wants to do worship, he wants to do worship. Whose church is this? Who's the head of this body? Definitely ain't me. I don't want that pressure. Are you with me? I've seen this body. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't want this pressure, Amen. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that pressure even if I tried. It would be a miserable failure. But he's the head of the body. If he wants word, we do word. If he wants us to just drink, we drink. Amen? Isn't he so good to us, guys? Isn't he amazing? Just close your eyes. Open up your hearts, man. Just sit there for a moment. Just ponder. I can just, I can just feel his presence all over us this morning. Oh, he's so good to us. So good to us. This is the most important part when you receive, 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 drink, drink. If Auntie Charmaine has ever prayed for you, you'll hear that word, drink, 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 drink. Just enjoy his presence. (laughs) Oh, God is good. God is good. Amen. Wow. So this morning we're supposed to be starting a series. <laughs> and uh, can we put it up there? But I think next week's really going to be part one. What do you guys think? I think so, because God had something else in store for us this morning. Uh, we did such a cool graphic. See, that was me. That's me, actually me when I had hair. No, I'm joking. But Grace, the License to Kill, new series. It's so cool. You know why I called it Grace, the License to Kill? Because it's all about killing the ego. Amen? We know that the ego is this, is this facade between us and our Father. Like I was saying the week before last, that God wants to put his hand in your heart. He wants to put his hand in your clay. And he wants to reset. He wants to, he wants to reevaluate. He wants to change up. He wants to shape. He wants to mold. He wants to lead. He wants to guide. But he can't. He can't touch us because we have this fake makeup of ourselves called our ego that stands in the way. And that's why I was saying the week before last that Jesus says, you say you can see, that's why you're you're blind. 
Because we say we can see with the eyes of our ego. Amen? And this whole process of walking with God is about diminishing that thing that we've built up over the last 50 years, 40 years, 20 years. You see, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. But what we're settling for and we won't let go of is this idea of who we are in ourselves, okay? This alter ego, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. But we settle for that and we don't want to let go of that thing because we trust it more than we trust who we are in Jesus. Why? Because that thing makes us feel like we've achieved something. It makes us feel like we've gotten somewhere. We deserve something. We've earned something. Even though all we've earned out of it is a lack of life. Even though all we've earned out of it is a survival mentality. Your ego, that, that thing that you trust so much and you think that is, is being so good to you, it's actually just keeping you in survival mode. That's all it is. But Jesus is saying, he's saying, I came to set you free from yourself. I came to set you free from that worldview that you have trapped yourself in. Because of all the fear, because of all the pride, because of all the insecurities, you built up this thing on the outside. And this thing over here is what you trust. And he's saying, come on, I want to get to you. I want to touch you. But I can't because you're living a life of a hypocrite. That's not who you actually are. And for God's sake, why would you want to settle for that thing? Man, you're not supposed to survive. You're supposed to thrive. Amen? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I don't have my blue suede shoes on today, but uh, my rhymes are there. Amen. Are you guys with me? It just makes me think, and we're going to go on a journey of how to kill this thing. How many of you guys want to get rid of it? I want to get, I want it dead. I mean like more than dead. Can you get more than dead? I want it, I want it deader than dead. Because this morning, this morning, what you tasted this morning, that's the goodness of God. That's the freedom. Amen. Imagine living in that at the dinner table with your wife and your children. Imagine experiencing that while you're driving your car. Imagine having that while you're sitting in the bath. Imagine having that while you're walking outside in the garden, looking at the flowers, playing with your pets, dropping your kids at school. You see, that's how we're supposed to be living our life. Amen. But what we're really living our life through is this fake sense of ourselves that's filled and driven by fear. So the journey that we're going to go on is how to kill the ego. But before we can even start killing the ego, we have to make sure that we understand the gospel of peace. You see, Jesus said, when you get reborn, when you're born of water and of spirit, he said to Nicodemus, three o'clock in the morning, he said, you must be born again. What was he saying? He was saying that you must die to self and you must be born again in your new identity in Christ. But this is the problem. He said this, he said, when you're born again, 
You're not in the kingdom. He said, when you're born again, you're able to see the kingdom. So now we get born again and we see the kingdom and we want the kingdom and all of a sudden there's this fight of identities inside of us. Is it me or is it Jesus? You see, because the ego is the man in the world that uh, has built up his identity on his knowledge, his power, his strength, his achievements, his scams, his cons, how he's cut corners, got away with things. Hey, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. You know, are you with me? But then there's the man who's in the kingdom who wants to be in the kingdom, the new man. He sees the kingdom and he sees over there and he goes, I want that because the kingdom is not eating or drinking, the Bible says. It's not physical stuff. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we want to be in the kingdom. Why do we want to be in the kingdom? Because when we're in the kingdom, the king provides all. Amen? But when we're still in the world in our ego, you have to provide. You have to make a plan. You feeling down today? Go make a plan, buddy. You got some fear inside of you? You better do something. You better go read some verses in the Bible. You better go watch Passion of the Christ for the hundredth time. You better go and give somebody something. Do something. Make yourself feel good. Make yourself feel loved. Make yourself feel accepted. And the moment you step out and you do that, you forfeit the provision of your true source of happiness. Amen? This is the stinky thing called the ego. You can't trust it. You can't rely on it. It is a sense of false identity. It is actually death. Everything that it provides, everything that it produces is death. Oh, lo- how low are we living as God, as, as, as creation, as God's order of creation? We are supposed to have all authority in this place, but how low are we living if our idea of life is actually death? Amen? Because there's a life beyond what you understand, beyond what you can do. It's called grace. That's why grace is the license to kill. Why is grace the only thing that has the license to kill your ego? Because grace means what? Discipleship school students, come on. God's ability. You see, God's ability, God's power through the power of the Holy Spirit will help you die to self. The moment you try to die to self by using the law or changing your behavior or stepping up to the plate, buddy, guess what happens? You perpetuate the death inside you. You perpetuate and fortify the ego. You'll start off with denying yourself. 
You'll start off with fasting. You'll start off with doing all these things, checking your behavior, doing all these things, and eventually, but you'll start off with a good intention. I want to, I want to be closer to God. I want to be less of me and, and more of God in my life. I want to experience that. And you'll start it off with all those little tools. But because it's being done by you in your flesh, eventually you start to get a sense of self-righteousness and not God-righteousness. Are you with me? And as you start to build in your self-righteousness, you actually harden your heart to the favor and power of God. You become more and more established in what you're doing than in who you're being. Are you with me? That's why grace is the only one that has the license to kill. Excuse me. You can't go to the law, family. You cannot go to the Ten Commandments and kill yourself. You can't. It's impossible. The law is perfect, the law is holy, and the law is good. But the law was given, okay, not to make you holy. It doesn't have the power to make you there or put you there. It doesn't have the power to change you. Only grace has the power to do that. The Bible says that the law was given, but grace and truth came through Jesus. You see, it's easy to give something and send you a memo. Say, make sure this gets done by whatever time. Make sure this, do this. And you take the memo and you run out there and it's cold. It's not warm. It's just instruction. And then your flesh goes, okay, how do I do it? Where must I do it? And you run out and you try and do it. But grace and truth came through the person of Jesus. It's warm. It's real. Personal. Through the Son of God himself. That's why grace is the only licensed killer of us. Amen? Come on, aren't you tired of trying to struggle and strive and provide for yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, financially? Yeah, it's tiring. You know, we've got this saying, you know, they'll eventually get it when they come to the end of their flesh. But guess what? You never really come to the end of your flesh. You can get delivered from a demon, but you can't get delivered from your flesh. Imagine. Yes, that would be amazing. Can't we get a, like a machine or something? You just walk through it and it delivers us from the flesh. That would be great. Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, the rapture is the only one that's going to do that. Amen. Oh, my booty. Thanks, brother. <laughs> my brother from another mother. But the same father? (laughs) Amen. Are you with me, guys? So we're going to go on this journey, but obviously I don't even have time to get into it (laughs) because the Holy Spirit had something else that he wanted to do this morning. But this is going to be life transforming. You know, last, last week or the week before, I was explaining a little bit about the Ericsson's life stages. It's a little bit of psychology to, to show us how we build the ego. How many of you guys can remember that? So, so we go through all those stages from naught to one, getting trust from the mom. You know, remember that when mom feeds us and mom clothes us and we're just a little baby, needs a nappy change, something's happening in our hearts. It's called trust. Trust is being built. 
Amen. From one to three, from ages of one to ages of three, there's potty training time. What happens to pot, in potty training time? It's a time where we start to feel a little bit of independence. And we start to grow and, and pull away a little bit and, and we learn how to do things for ourselves. You know? But if mom and dad are not doing this thing the right way, there's certain feelings and emotions and, and stuff that's getting built in us all the time. Are you with me? Then it goes on into the teenage years. If you haven't, if you haven't had the right stuff there, and listen, you're never going to have 100% right stuff because mom and dad are not perfect. Amen? This is why the Bible says every man born into Adam was born into the root of sin. Amen? The root of sin. There's no way we could escape it. You must understand, from Adam till now, can you imagine how degraded humanity has become? How much more we have moved away from depending on God and depending on ourselves? Man, we think we're so technologically advanced today. Huh? We think we've got it down, guys. We're going to the point now where we gene, so much gene therapy. You know, we get, we get sick, we so much just edit each other's, each other's genes. That's how uh, um, advanced we are. Are you with me? We're going to a place where we started to become hybrids. We, we, we're changing, we're mixing clay with iron. Everybody knows Nebuchadnezzar's feet. That's where we are. We're going to this place where now we're coming, becoming one with, with machine and then we're going to be gods. That's what they say. That's how far we have drifted over the generations away from God. Man, do you understand how fortified the ego is today? There's a small remnant of real believers out there. I'm telling you, there's not many of us, guys. There's not many. There's so many people who claim to be Christian, but they are depending on their technology, on that system. They depend every, every last fiber of their being is filled with fear if the system doesn't work for them. There's a small group of us who are like, man, let the system come, let it go. We know we're not living here forever. We know we're passing through. We know where we're going. We know that we're children of God. Amen? But this is where the ego has taken us. This is how self-dependent we have become. So we must understand, every step that we take into the ego is a step away from God. Amen? It's away from peace. It's away from provision. It's a scary thing, this. But we can, but we can kill it, but only by the power of the Holy Spirit. No other way. Not by mind power, not by willpower, but by the Spirit of God. We've got to learn to totally surrender to Him so that He can lead us down this path of freedom. We want to have that sense of right without doing anything. Well, that doesn't make sense, Pastor Diddy. Well, you know what doesn't make sense to you? Because you were taught from a little baby, if you don't eat your veggies, you don't get your ice cream. You've been taught from a little baby that if you don't do it this way, you don't get the good stuff. Do good, get good. Do bad, get beat. That's what you've been taught. And that's how you have built this ego to survive like that. 
And it's told you, it's told you that hope, all that programming has told you, do good, be good, try good, do it, do it, do it your whole life. And you've built it up, built it up, built it up. And then God comes and he goes, but listen, my plan for you is that you'll live in houses that you never built. Huh? You, you will eat from uh, 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 vines that you never planted. And you'll drink from wells that you never dug. But Lord, um, if I don't eat the veggies, I don't get the ice cream. Do you understand? you understand what your ego is doing to you? God's going, come on. You don't understand why you're here. The world system has told you why you're here. And you've believed it. Now your own father's voice is trying to tell you why you're here. And you don't have faith and trust in it. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to let go of the ego. Why? Because we trust our voice more than his. Amen? We trust that, that sense of self-achievement. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm so good looking. I'm so educated. I speak so well. I look so good. I dress so well. I've got this and I've got that. Come on. I must be worth something. And then you go to the grave, and guess what? The guy who had absolutely nothing, he, he basically owned a pair of underpants. His grave looks exactly the same as yours. Isn't that crazy? Have you seen a rich man's grave and a poor man's grave? Can you tell the difference? No, you can't. So the ego is trying to find a, find a sense of value in everything that it does and achieves. But God's saying, come to me, I want to show you something. There's a righteousness here. Even before you do anything, and he says, this righteousness is actually a gift. I give it to you because I can see you lost within yourself. You're chasing yourself. You're chasing your tail like a dog. You have fear. You lean on your ego. You, you, you never want to uh, be vulnerable. Uh, as soon as you, it's time to be vulnerable, you fall back into your own programming. Are you with me? You want to get out, and as soon as you want to get out, you can't trust God enough, you just go back to what you know. You're chasing your tail like a dog. Man, it, it's not easy to kill the ego, guys. It's, it's, it's painful. It's a little bit scary, but at the end of the day, it's worth it because what it's going to do is going to give you the ultimate sense of freedom. Amen? It doesn't matter what people say or what they think about you. Did you know that 99% of the stuff that your ego has been built on has got to do with other people? Did you guys know that? Deep down in your heart, deep down in my heart, the greatest fear of man is man. I'm telling you. Man, if you can get delivered from the fear of man and what man thinks and his opinions about you, Oh, you are, you are already 90% of the way there. Are you with me? God says, fear me more than you fear man. And that's not a, that's not a scary fear. It's a fear of when, when man looks at you, how do you feel? And then how do you respond? But when God looks at you, how do you feel? How do you respond? Amen? It's not talking about being scared of God because he's this big, great God. He is a big, great God. Yes, he is. But he's a God of love. Amen? 
perfect love casts out all fear. See, the ego can never receive love. The ego is so hard. There's no openings. There's nothing. It's a, it's a hard, unshapeable type of material. Let's put it that way. It cannot receive, absorb anything. Because the ego is based on doing to get. Doing to be. Love is not something that anyone earns ever. How do you earn love? Any, anyone tell me that? If you have to earn love, man, there's something seriously wrong with that relationship. Run away from it. You can learn respect, but love is a sense of value that someone has for you. Amen? God has such a value for us that he sent his only son to die for us. So he's saying, listen here, in the kingdom, I provide. In the world, your ego has to provide. In the kingdom, there's righteousness already before you do anything. I bestow it upon you. I give it to you. It's a gift to you. The righteousness will produce what? Peace in your heart. You see, the gospel of peace, before we can kill the ego, we have to first know and understand the gospel of peace. It's not called the gospel of grace. It's not called the gospel of prosperity. It's not called the gospel of whatever they call it nowadays. It's known as the gospel of peace. Do you know why it's called the gospel of peace? It's called the gospel of peace because it's the good news of how the finished work of Christ has bought and paid for your righteousness it's the good news because it's the, the peace of God that has been made known to man. Christ from God's side, between God and Christ, everything that man could ever have tried to earn has been earned. Everything and anything that man could ever have tried to deserve has been given freely because of Christ. It's called the gospel of peace. Why? Because the peace of the good news of what Christ has done for us. But we can't just know that. We have to experience it in our hearts. Only then can we go on the journey of finding our identity properly and killing the ego. We must know that we are at peace with God. Man is at peace with God if he has received the blood of Christ and the finished work of the death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That's where it begins. But how many of us have actually received that peace in our hearts? Amen? How many of us have received that peace? We know about it, but are you experiencing it? Because the scriptures say that it's supposed to surpass what you know. It's supposed to surpass your understanding. See, your understanding of, well, not yours, but I'm saying the people that haven't received it, I know you have received it, Amen? But if we haven't received it properly, we know about it and we're not experiencing it, okay? Then our understanding of peace is attached to the ego. And that understanding of peace is not peace. It's actually a, a sense of relief. It's not a state of perpetual peace. It's a state of, uh, you know what? I did good now, so I'm relieved. But tomorrow I do bad, I need to go and find it again. Are you with me? It's broken, it's not sustained. 
But peace from God, the gospel of peace, is something that you are born into as a reborn Christian, something that you live in, something that sustains you, something that carries you. Whether you're doing right or whether you're doing wrong, whether you are making mess-ups or, or achieving the greatest things in this world, your peace is what keeps you. Are you with me? Why? Because if I know this has got nothing to do with me, it's all about Jesus, then nothing should be able to take my peace from me, even my behavior. Are you with me? So my peace is not, it's not dependent on me. My peace is dependent on him. So that settles me once and for all. I walk in it. I live it. And from that place of peace, I make so many good decisions. As soon as that place of peace is interrupted, I fall back into the, into the ego. I fall back into the corruption and I go and try and find it again. That's why it can't just be in the head. It must be in the heart. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, your whole walk with God is established on the gospel of peace. It's all about the peace. Amen? It's not about the pieces that you find yourself in now and then. It's about the peace. God is good. Turn to the person and say, man, I'm in love. Okay, I don't have much time, but uh, I'm just going. <laughs> Are you guys getting something this morning? Man, God is good, amen? All the time, God is good, amen? Let's see if I can go pick up some notes here. <laughs> I really don't know what God wants to do this morning. It's, it's quite amazing. God is good. You see, the ego has to live a moral life. It finds, its, it finds a sense of peace in being a good man, a moral man. Are you with me? Do you know how hard it is to, to try and establish peace as a fallen human being based on your moral standards? You can have the standards, yes, but you don't have the power in your own strength to keep it. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Amen? God said, be like me, and then he showed us the 10. And he said, don't lie, because I don't lie. But go and try and not lie. In your own strength? Are you with me? When you look to the 10, what happens? You break it. But when you look to the Spirit of the Lord, when you turn from the law, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, when you turn from the law, what is the law? The law was given to kill the ego. The law was given to beat up our self-righteousness. Are you with me? When we stand before God thinking like, look at me, look what I've achieved, look at what I've done, Lord. Then the law is there to actually smash up your ego. The law is not there to make you righteous. How many of you guys know that? It's like the Hercules that was sent by God to chop down your self-righteousness. Because you can never attain the law or keep the law in your own strength. 
That's where it all fell apart for the Jews. The moment the Jews said, oh, give us the law, we'll take, we can keep all the law. What happened? They started worshiping a golden calf at the bottom of the mountain. What about the young rich ruler who comes to Jesus and he says, hey, good master, I've kept all the law. What else must I do to enter into heaven? Did God give him love and mercy and grace? No, because God knew he was dealing with an ego. God knew he was dealing with this fake facade of a person. So what did Jesus say? First of all, Jesus says, why are you calling me good? Are you saying I'm God? Because there's only one that's good and that's God. And then he says, oh, you kept all the law, right? Okay, so why don't you sell all your stuff and follow me? And the Bible says that he puts his head down because his ego is attached to what he's achieved, all of his things. And he walks away from God and he doesn't take up the greatest offer he could have ever experienced. And what did he do? He broke the first law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. He couldn't even keep the first one. But he came to God all chuffed about how he's kept them all. Amen? Are you with me, guys? So we can't use the law. We can't go to the law. The law is just a, it's just a signpost that says that way. Are you with me? It says that way. But what we do, it's like, you know, when you're driving on the N3 and you're going to Durban for a holiday, and then the sign over there says, uh, N3 left to your de- holiday destination. And then all the Christians go, they take, out, they take their bags, they park underneath the sign, they take out their bags, they take out the suntan lotion, and they lay there on the side of the highway. And there's cars buzzing around there, and there's accidents, and there's this like smells of diesel and oil. And no, but we, we, yeah. That's the law. You're sitting under the law thinking that you're, you've arrived. The law is just a sign to get to Jesus. The law is a sign that you can't keep it, buddy. You need to get to the Savior. Run. It's the only time you're allowed to go over 120 on this highway. You know what I'm saying? You go as fast as you can. And you get there because there's a place of peace and rest there for you. In Him. People come to me, these Christians, and they, and they say to me, Oh, you guys, you preach too much grace. Greasy grace. I don't know how grace could ever get greasy because it's God's ability. So what are they seeing grace as if grace is greasy? They're seeing it's something that you apply. Are you with me? Shame. But I always hit them. I, I, I love it when they come to me with that one. I say, really, guys? So, so we cheap grace because we lean on grace with everything that we have. Not only are we saved by grace, I mean, it's, it is a, it's the doctrine of your salvation, saved by grace through faith. I don't know what Bible you're reading, okay? So not only is it our doctrine of salvation that we are saved by grace, but guess what? You are cheap law, sucker. You're cheap law. What? How can you say I'm cheap law? Well, I'm not cheap law because I know I can't keep it. You think you can keep it? You think you're as good as God. 
You think that you can walk with the character of God and you'll never do this and you'll never do that and you can keep all the 10. You cheap law, you dishonor him, you make a mockery of his nature. But you want to come to me and say, you greasy grace. Man, I'll be greasy grace any day. God can grease me with his grace from morning till night. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to slide, brother. Are you with me? Like Chris Brown, slide, sucker. You know? <laughs> slide into all of my promises. Amen? I'm not working, how can you work for a promise? What stupid idiot works for a promise? It's been promised. I want to slide into the grace. I want to slide into the promises. I want to slide into the presence. I want to slide right out of my ego. Amen? Amen. God is so good. Give him a round of applause this morning. Come on. I promise you, well, I I can't promise you, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do next week, (laughs) but we're going to jump into part one, and you are going to be totally blessed out of your socks, amen? We're actually going to show you how to walk this thing dead, amen? Amen. Give God one more shout of praise. God is so good, amen. Anyone would like to share something? I just... I don't know what the Holy Spirit did this morning, so I'm just, I'm just going. Everybody's good. Awesome. God is good. Close your eyes, everybody. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Your love covers a multitude of sin, your scripture says. Oh, your love covers me, Father. Your love covers me to the, the place where I'm so empowered that when somebody's flipping me off on the highway I just say peace be with you brother why because I am sensing love in my heart amen that's where we want to live that's where we want to be thank you Jesus thank you for loving us we're so undeserving your mercy and your grace may they endure forever in our hearts in our minds in our emotions may we never ever look away from this lifeline that you have given us may we never look to another source help us Lord in our weakness to remember your goodness to remember what you've done to open this eternal gift every day to open it and open it and open it every day thank you Jesus